This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. Alrighty, welcome to another edition here of Reinvention Radio. Steve Olsher hanging out with the lovely Mary Goulet. Hello, Mary Goulet. How are you? Good. Good, good. Richie Ote, what's up, senor? What's going on? How the are you? The gang is all here. White Wade's got it under control in the studio, and Kelly's got it under control back at headquarters, and we are hanging out here on finally a lovely San Diego day. It's, uh, it's nice when the sun comes back out here in San Diego, which seems to be a little bit too few and far between lately, but uh, all good in the world, and i got to tell you, I'm... Uh, I'm super excited because there, there's a lot of fun things going on and a um, lot, lot going on here in the in the land of uh, Reinvention Radio and our other show, Beyond Eight Figures. And if you haven't listened to uh, our other show, Beyond Eight Figures, make sure you check that one out, too, because we sit down with entrepreneurs who have either exited for more than $10 million or currently run businesses that gross more than $10 million. And we grill them until they share their tools and tactics and strategies and shortcuts for what made them successful. So really, uh, really interesting guest coming on uh, later today that we're excited to sit down with. And uh, what's going on, Mary Goulet? Are you, uh, kids are done with school, right? Are you? Almost, almost. almost. Sterling's finished. Uh, Porsche still has, I don't know, four or five days. Four or five days. Any big summer plans for you? I'm supposed to go to Croatia. That's a big summer plan. That's a big summer plan. That's cool. What's in Croatia and why would you go there? Like, I've never been. I don't, I don't know, I know anything about it's, it. It's big. How did you choose Croatia? Well, our friends, clients that have become friends, they go, they choose a destination where he rents a sailboat and then their kids fly in. They went to Dominican Republic last year. Mm-hmm. They decided to go to Croatia and asked if we would like to go with us and before the sentence had a question mark at the end. Dave's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's in. And Wait, so does that mean you're going to be sailing? Sailing from Ooh. island to island. Ooh. Yeah. Do you like a, that? Like, are you, um, have you been on a sailboat before? Have you been on a sailboat before? Oh, yeah. It? Yeah. Do you, do you like that, Mary? Have you? I'm okay. I used to crew a Hobie cat. Okay. So this is just a really fancy four-bedroom, neat sailboat. It's like a yacht. Yeah. Four bedroom is like a yeah. I mean, yeah. Some people don't have apartments that are that, that are that big. So this is this is a yacht. Then it's this a big is, deal. So all right, because like me and boats, we don't get along. Like I, I am a seasick person. Put me on a boat, oh, okay. I am done. Like so, the idea of going from island to island on a sailboat not very appealing. The idea of hanging out on a beach in Croatia, count me in. Yeah, like, we'll that, be that, doing that. that I mean, fun. basically just sleeping on the boat as we, I guess. Yeah, right? Yeah. Richie, what about you? Little is, uh, is the little end done with school or is that uh, that's still going on the right 11th. now? The 11th. Okay, so a little bit while. Uh, any big summer plans for you? And the fam, fam? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> you don't want to say? <laughs> uh-huh. I don't want to announce on air. It's still, it has not yet been no, publicly f- disclosed. No, it's funny because... You're going on the keto diet this whole summer. Some of it has uh-huh. to do with what we're going to be talking about, so... Um, It'll. I'll divulge it during. I was going to say cliffhanger. I know, right? All That's right. A well, nice let's, tease. let's 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 jump straight in then. And uh, thanks for asking about my summer, guys. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> so Kelly Dower is hanging out with us here today, and it's good to see you. How are you, Kelly Dower? 
I'm so jealous you're in San Diego. You know, I'm from San Diego, and now I'm in L.A., and it's not the same. So, a little jealous. Really? Is you LA, get the weather still. Yeah, L.A. is, is LA, That's true. Is it a bad place? Like, I mean, I've visited, and I kind of like no. it when I visit. Like, you don't it's not love bad. it? I like Simi Valley, but it's not Poway. No, it's just not It's just not. Oh, Poway. you're in Simi Valley? Yeah. You grew up in Poway? Because we saw your 619 number. Yeah, I know. I threw some people off. Um, I was there from 2000 to about two years ago. So mm-hmm. long enough. Long enough. Yeah. All right. So you're hanging out in Simi Valley with us here today. And uh, for those watching on the video, we can all wave and say hello. Hello, everybody. How are you? Uh, and for those I listening, uh, good to have you here as well. All right. So, Kelly, let's uh, let, let's do this. I want to just kind of briefly go over sort of the backstory, And then, of course, a, a lot of the fun stuff that you're into now. Um, but for those that – and I bring up the video because if, if folks could see you, which we can, you would know that – I mean, you, you look to be the – I mean, picture perfect health. I mean, you're probably, what, under uh, – I don't know, whatever. You're not – you look to be in great shape. How about that? Good right? correction so, there, Steve. Good yeah, correction. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I was just going to let you do that. Thank you. Just bury my yeah, – just keep going <laughs> down. Just hang yourself. Yes, exactly. So – you used to be over 400 pounds, though. Is that what you – that's like – I know we got to go back back in some of the story yeah. here. But just I want to make sure that's on the table first. Here. 341, but way too close to, you know, anything. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, 341. pounds. How, my God. Like how old were you when you were at your heaviest? 22. 22. And how old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? I don't mind 40. Okay. Okay. So it's been, so it's been a little while then. Mm-hmm. And you had a lot of things going on in your life that led yeah. to that. We'll get into obviously what you're doing here in the in the current world, uh, of course, as well. But why don't, why don't you take us back through what happened to to get you to 341 pounds? What what was that period like for you? What was going on? Sure. So I was when I was born, I was 10 pounds one ounce. Oh, you're so- a big baby. Yeah, I didn't exactly come to the world small. And why my mom had another child after me, I cannot imagine what that felt like. Mm. But I always grew up overweight. I was never, I was always the funny fat girl, extremely athletic, but I, I never fit into that group of girls that was, you know, considered thin. Mm-hmm. So you always fight that. And in high school, I was bulimic and, you know, really challenged with it. And, you know, bulimia, you know, works really well for the time that you're on it, but obviously has significant lasting effects. So that was and in high school you had? That was in high school. Okay. And then going into college, and I was in relatively good shape because I was so active, um, you know, physically for sports. But then my senior year, I had a tragic accident to my elbow, and I wasn't able to play sports anymore. And, you know, the, the weight starts to come on and you get depressed and you go through lots of stuff. So then going into college, there was a, a pretty traumatic event that I ended up um, having my son, who I love, uh, but his backstory is very traumatic. After that event, I, I really Wait, felt... Can we, can we really just gloss over that? We can't like... We, we, can. we got time. We got time. Yeah, sure. we, got, we yeah. have plenty of time. I'll say it. Um, my son, who I consider an absolute miracle, who in many ways saved me, was the result of a date rape. Mm. So that event in itself... You know, you you start eating more, you compromise, you know, here right after you have a baby, I had toxemia. So I gained 75 pounds when I was pregnant with him. So all those life's challenges combined with, you know, regular stuff as a single parent, it became a lot. So the way that I coped emotionally was 
overeating. That was my comfort. Mm-hmm. How, so, how yeah. old were you when that? So you were in your late teens or were you? No, uh, it was 21 when 21. I had him. Yeah. 21. And yeah. did you press charges? What, what, what did you do? I mean, that's obviously a serious crime. So what, what did you do? So um, he was my calculus tutor, but it turns out he wasn't actually a calculus tutor. And while, yes, there's a police report, it never went anywhere in the context of finding him or anything else. And, you know, today I'm perfectly fine with it because I have an amazing, you know, man child that I call him, you know, Mm -hmm. as a person, you know, he knows the backstory, but he also knows how to be a man through all this growth. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that was, that was traumatic. And I didn't really tell anybody in the beginning. So from that perspective, it was very hard to deal with by myself. Well, and so. also, Kelly, don't you think that back then, it it just doesn't, it had a more of a stigma. Like Definitely. if something like that happened today with hashtag me too and mm-hmm. all that, you would have more of a voice that was respected. Mm-hmm. And I think that it would have been, yeah. you know, well, I would say I, I love law enforcement. And I think at the time, you know, to your point, it was more of, you know, well, you put yourself in the position mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, which isn't true. But the perception at that time was. And, you know, from a family perspective, I was very ashamed. We have a very strong Christian family. So now you're the, you know, kid out of wedlock having a baby. And my son is, you know, half African-American. And I remember my grandma specifically saying to me, dogs and cats don't mix. Mm. So you've got this racial issue and then you've got, you know, the, what the conception came from and all those things combined. It was a lot. I'm extremely strong because of it, but it was a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. And that's also when you were you know, just doing the math. Amazing what you said earlier. That's right around the time then that you were at your heaviest, correct? Yeah, it, I, I blew up um, in, in so many ways, but physically, yeah. And my son was about a year old when I met my husband. And, um, you know, I, I can say today I compromised to no end. But when I thought back, you know, here's a guy who was willing to take a woman who has, you know, she's a single mom. She's, you know, very overweight. So I compromised and I paid dearly for it. But so from hold that on. Perspective, I, just, I just want to make sure I'm clear. So you compromised in, in what way? In choosing the guy. Yeah, settling. But that's not your current guy. No, 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 he left. But no. (laughs) Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. So that, yeah. Well, I was going to say, I have a saying. When someone's looking for a mate and talking to women, let's say, do you want the man who wants you now? So in your circumstance, you were a single mom, you were at your heaviest, and you wanted the man who wanted you at that time. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it was a recipe for he's going to either be controlling, put me down, critical of me. He's going to do those types of things. All those things and be a functioning alcoholic. There you go. Mm. Yeah. So it was, it, you know, it was 10 years of um, tons of animosity. And when my daughter was born, I made the decision I was going to break the, the physical abuse cycle. And oh, there was physical I, abuse. Too. Absolutely. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. yeah. So when I left, um, you know, we we had restraining orders. We had death threats. We had all those things to deal with. So, you know, um, and for him, while I started losing weight while I was with him publicly, he would say, look at my wife, look how good she, you know, she looks. And then at home, it was this relentless, you're not attractive, putting weight gainer in my food, you know, trying to keep me in a controlling state, I think. Oh, but, sure. 
that was extremely traumatic. Very, very hard. Like adding protein powder or these sort of things to your food? What Actual weight gainer, yeah. Weight gainer, yeah. Jesus. Some people yeah. are just so warped. Like, well, I mean... Yeah. I don't even want to. I mean, I will share another story at another time. But I mean, it's just it's amazing to me how. No, it's so insecure and just really proves how he felt about himself Mm -hmm. that he had to do that to you. So how many years did you stay with him? Nine years. That's significant. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, It it was definitely significant. So 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 the date rape. And then a really kind of kind of marriage for nine something years. Um, do you still like men? I, <laughs> I, mean, I do. Like, I, that, I, that's I enough try. to turn somebody off to, <laughs> yeah. to to a whole or make you look in the mirror. Or make, well, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in that in that time frame of being married, you know, we wanted to have children, and I had fourteen miscarriages. Oh, so. Yeah there was this constant reminder that I was failing as a woman. I couldn't meet, you know, my obligation to give him a child. There were comments of, why are you killing all of them? I mean, from Whoa. that perspective, no, know, that's... that came from a member of his family. Oh, that was so, really much. Oh, my God. Yeah. We did end up having two children. Both of them were born at 29 weeks. So you, you throw in the NICU for 12 weeks for each kid. It was hell. It was absolute hell. So I left when my daughter was seven months old. So I had a one-and-a-half-year-old and a, a seven-month-old when we left. Wow. I just want to ask, woman to woman, how did you cope through all of those miscarriages? In the beginning, it was, it was definitely that, that eating. It, was, you know, it turned into depression. But there's a point where you just become numb. You just expect it's not going to work out anyway. It's just not going to work out. So when I actually got pregnant with my son... And my daughter, I gained three pounds with each one. And you could not tell I was pregnant. And one of the things that, you know, my obstetrician was talking about was, you know, we've got women who are so relentless and wanting to get pregnant that they start having physical signs in their body. I was so, um, I think, turned off by the idea that I might lose them, that my body, I, I really, you could not tell. In fact, when my water broke at 29 weeks, we went to the hospital, they wanted to admit me to the psych ward because they didn't believe that I was actually pregnant. And praise God, there was a nurse there that knew me from all the multiple trips to the hospital, but I just didn't even show that I was pregnant. And you were, and I, I mean, you've heard stories of this before, of, especially when women are more obese, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to tell, like, you know, what's going on and all that. And then they have this baby, and they're like, eh, I didn't even know I was pregnant. Is that, were, you, were you morbidly obese still at that point? And is that why you couldn't tell? Because, like, there's got, I mean, I'm not a woman, but there's got to be something going on, I would think, like hormonal change. Well, you stopped having your period, right? I mean, this is going in a dark direction, isn't it? Um, no, it's, but, it's not a dark direction. But, I mean, you, you would stop having your period. Wouldn't that be like a like – a, a flag of sorts, like I was going to say red flag, but that would be sort of redundant. <laughs> you just there. did. But, um, you know, but like there's got to be some sort of telltale signs that something's going on. If you're at 29 weeks, what is that? Multiply by four times seven. That's like seven months. So I knew I was pregnant with him at 14 or I'm sorry, at 12 weeks. Okay. So, but you have to understand, too, I had severe polycystic ovarian syndrome. So my cycles, it was every eight, 12 weeks sometimes. Oh, so it wasn't unusual for... Mm-hmm. And so, wait, what is, you also had poly, what? 
polycystic ovarian syndrome. So they kind of call it like pearls. So you get cysts over your ovaries mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it's either the right or the left, depending on which one is being produced that month. And, you know, they're painful because mine always seemed to burst. It, aye, you know, aye. And it was very painful and you always knew which side was, was playing with you. But it throws off, you know, you've got your hormones and you're on all these medications. And from that perspective, when I did start really losing weight, that's when my health changed in that respect as well. So do you believe, I believe that our bodies talk to us? Oh, yeah. Our bodies will subconsciously take on the trauma of whatever we're thinking Mm -hmm. or living through. And if there's something physically wrong with us, if we're getting ill or whatever, I think it's kind of like a message. Hey, take a look at your life. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Absolutely. And I, agree with you. I think it's tougher to admit that when there's emotional, mental, psychological trauma that mm-hmm. you experience, you are in survival mode just to cope. Yes. We, my oldest, um, you know, he had to assume the role of dad in many ways. Mm-hmm. And he was 11 um, when I finished my master's degree and we, we, we joked that, you know, I got him a brand new uh, Xbox 360 because, you know, his words were, we did it, mom. We, we graduated and, you know, he helped me with the kids. He, my middle son's autistic and he is an extremely good brother, but, you know, he also had to emotionally take on roles that he should never have had to take on. Mm-hmm. And as a mom, I felt like such a failure for years but we were about three years out of after we had left that we both said, I can exhale finally. I felt like it took like three years afterward to get out of survival mode and be able to just exhale. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's move things forward then, because obviously you turned the corner um, at, at some point. Do, do you mm-hmm. remember that, that turning point for you uh, in terms of like what what changed what like was it a was it a light bulb kind of moment was it a was it a slow progression of i just need to get myself out of what's going on here like i'm just trying to understand exactly like what what happened like to to really make things turn the corner for you so in 2002 um no i'm sorry in 2000 i decided I was going to have a gastric bypass. I was, you know, pre-diabetic, had all the signs that I was really headed down a really bad path. And I was, you know, in my middle twenties. So I had a gastric bypass, highly successful. They tell you that you're, you know, there's a chance that it, you know, you'll gain some weight back. And at our work, we had 23 people who actually had a gastric bypass within six months of each other. And we had a group called scar bellies. Mm-hmm. No one in our group didn't gain back all their weight. So it, it really demonstrated that, you know, it wasn't a quick, it was a quick fix for some. Now I implemented a different lifestyle and I did lose a hundred pounds, but I still. After the gained- gastric bypass. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. So and you're in the 240 yeah. range. Yes. Okay. And so, um, but through all that trauma that you're talking about, Mary, that, you know, I did gain some of it back. So, you know, I'm back up to 260 and really stayed around there. And, you know, while, yes, it's a huge difference from 340 to 260, the reality is that from a health perspective, it's not that different long term. Mm -hmm. Your body is still struggling long term. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think that light bulb went off. I got remarried. We moved to L.A., left everything in San Diego, only to have him walk out 
almost exactly one year to the day. And it was, you know, too much to bring on, you know, three kids and, you know, a wife turning into a family of five overnight. And it was too much for him. So he literally just walked away. Mm. Yikes. So, mm. so you had the gastric bypass, kind of did the, the yo-yo thing, like you were saying, and you came across, uh, and it's just interesting because that this is the work that you're doing now, but you came across this, I don't know, what would you call it, sort of a, a miracle diet. I mean, like you tried everything <laughs> known to, yeah. to humankind, and none of it was really working for you. What I mean, let, let's talk about what ended up working for you and why you gave that a chance and, and, and actually, you know, what the results have been since you started down that path. Like I just uh, I want to understand, how, how did you come across what you're currently doing after having tried so many other different things? Everything. Yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah. And so, why that worked for you. But you know what I mean? I just I want to mm-hmm. make sure people understand yeah. that process. So about a year after um, my husband left us, it, it took me a long time to figure out that, you know, I really am not the reason that things fell apart. Um, I am not the one, the catalyst. It, it was on someone else's side. And I was able to walk away from that, trying to figure out who I was, but also what value do I have? You know, what do I bring to the table that makes things different? And in that process of that growth over a year, I realized that I owe it to myself to be as healthy as possible, not even just for my kids, but for myself. And when I started to view myself as valuable, I wanted to fix everything that was either from a long-term perspective of what I'd done to myself. And also my future is very, very bright. So I, one of the biggest things I wanted to talk about with myself of fixing was my polycystic ovarian syndrome, which has huge hormonal, hormonal imbalances. And mm-hmm. you know, I was still depressed and struggling. And um, I started doing research. Now, I did not have social media at the time. Um, I you know, barely read the news. We don't have TV. So I didn't know that keto was this fad all of a sudden. I didn't know that you know, that very popular family from Calabasas that starts with a K had promoted it. So I had no idea about any of that. But when I was doing the research, my uncle, who's a pediatric cardiologist, turned me on to reading all the peer-reviewed medical research. So after doing a lot of research on it, uh, I found out that a ketogenic diet, when it helps balance out those hormones, there were many women who their their polycystic ovarian syndrome completely reversed. Mm. And many of them were able to deal with and, and um, you know, reverse their fertility issues. So I decided I was going to implement it. There wasn't a ton of information out there. It was very hard to, you know, kind of figure out what it looked like, be able to do it for my family. But within a few weeks, I noticed how good I felt, the mental clarity that I had. And in addition to that, within about five weeks, I was completely off of metformin, off of everything for PCOS. And I haven't had an issue since. Mm. So for me, it was about medical issues. And then within four and a half months, I dropped 40 pounds. I was wow. like, holy crap. I, I didn't even know that that was a, you know, an element to it. So for me and my depression lifted. So there were so many benefits for me that I decided to fully implement it with my kids. And, you know, like I said, my middle son is autistic and when he, we started him in the, um, in the summer, when he went back in the fall, Boys and Girls Club, his special education teacher, his actual teacher all contacted me to ask me, what are you doing? Because Ethan is such a different kid, hmm. he's able to do processing. He's able to get himself dressed in the morning. And 
I thought it was just me, but it's not. He He's not struggling with the same kind of outbursts that he had. And I've known such a change in him. For me, that that's all I needed. That mm-hmm. was enough. So so just so people are clear here, what I mean, what exactly does all of this entail? Like what what do you actually do? Like what what's different about what you're doing with your son and with yourself and, and your family now? I, I just I guess I'm not clear on exactly what all of this means. Sure. So in general, ketogenic diet is high fat, moderate protein, low carbs. So for myself, my target is always no more than 20 carbs a day. And it actually like is 20 servings 20 of carbs. Grams. No, because <laughs> <Those laughs> I, I can do that. I mean, we're talking 20 servings yeah. of carbs. <laughs> I think I'm good on that. Yeah. No, yeah. it's it is, you know, 20 and I do net carbs. Um, so, um, you know, some people subtract the fiber, some don't, et cetera. But my target is always 20 carbs a day. And then my protein is at about 15 to 25 percent. Then the rest is fat. So wait, wait, wait. So just so I'm clear here. So 20 grams of carbs was that like one piece of bread yeah <laughs> is that no, not even not even it's less than one piece of bread no it, oh, bread is it's about, about it, 10 yeah it's about 10 it's grams a, one piece it of bread is about bread. 100 yeah. and some 100 calories so one piece of bread has about 10 grams of carbs mm-hmm. so yep. so you could have a sandwich and you'd be okay uh, yeah so i don't eat you know the only flours that i eat are almond flours and coconut flour. I don't eat, you know, that white bleach flour that many people eat. Mm-hmm. I don't eat rice. I don't eat those things. So, you know, I get my carbs through my vegetables. I, you know, I get my carbs through what's in, you know, the eggs and other things. So my carbohydrates... Hold on. Vegetables and eggs have carbs? Yes. <laughs> like broccoli is a good carb. Broccoli has carbs? Like, it's I a good know. carb, right? All carbs are good as long as they're natural. I mean, in, in reality... I bet our refrigerators look very different. I'm just, uh, I'm just going out on a limb here. But uh, so, wait a minute. So you eat broccoli like that's going to count against your carbs? Yeah, it's counted toward, not against, but towards, toward. Yeah, towards. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So give me a meal. Like walk me through your day and food. Okay, so I do intermittent fasting as well. Oh, I've God. always hated. I've always hated breakfast. That's like so, what you don't eat during the day. It, for like a full you, day. You choose a window. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, be Gandhi, but <laughs> I, I usually don't eat until 10 a.m., 11 a.m., um, okay. and then I finish eating no later than 8 o'clock at night. So I have a window that I eat within. So it's not yeah. Yeah, it, you compress a four-hour you... gap. Exactly. I got that. I, I do that. So 10, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Okay. I'm yeah, check. It, I'm good. And no snacking yeah. in between. You just basically have the two meals. Yeah. And you can have, you know... I don't view anything to have restrictions. Mm -hmm. So if you are hungry, eat, you know, just make sure that you're looking at your, at your macros, which again is fat, protein, and carbs. So, um, I I don't believe in cheating either. If, if you're going to eat something and you know that you're not going to be as successful, it's going to throw you back a little bit. Okay. But don't, why the hell would you tell yourself you're cheating? I, I just, I don't agree with that mindset whatsoever. So yeah, you can have snacks as long as you understand that it, you know, it goes within the macros that you're eating. So my normal day, um, going back to your point of our refrigerators looking a little different. Probably, you know, yeah. Uh, probably a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have heavy cream. We don't drink milk. Um, we Eggs, we go to Smart and Final and get the 120 pack almost every week and a half. Um, moly. Yeah. We eat a lot of uh, chicken. We eat a lot of, we eat a lot of meat and fish. Um, everything that we have is, um, there's a couple of things, but for the most part, nothing comes out of a can. 
So, you know, lots of grocery shopping. So wait a minute. So the, so the high fat side of the equation, though, I just want to make sure I'm clear on it. Like that, that can't be good. Is well, like, natural fat. <laughs> like an av- avocado, mm-hmm. coconut oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Avocado oil. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, yeah. It's, it's how I eat. I mean, do I'd- you do the intermittent fasting? Yeah, I don't quite do it like that, though. I don't. I don't even think that's fasting. That's just like a day of eating, like 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Like, that's just a day of. I just look eating. at it like any animal that I've ever seen graze is pretty fat. Wait, wait, wait. But, and Kelly's asking yeah. a good question here, like our Kelly. Um, cholesterol, like, how, do, you, do you have your levels checked on a consistent mm-hmm. basis? I mean, are we concerned about cholesterol in these? so much fat going on no no so i think that so i have two perspectives the research that is out shows that anytime you first begin to lose weight your cholesterol naturally goes up and it doesn't seem to matter what diet you're on and people who already struggle with cholesterol regardless of what diet you're on you you want to make sure that what you're eating is in ratio that it doesn't you know significantly impact it everyone that i personally know who had cholesterol issues now are in within normal range Mm-hmm. But that may not be for everyone. So that's one of those areas you, you want to work with your doctor. You want to have your baseline. But you can, you know, you're, you wouldn't be the one that's going to be eating as many eggs as I probably do. But, um, again, most people that I know, cholesterol has come right back in the normal range. But mm-hmm. everybody's body is different. So when you say 120 eggs in a week, that's, that's divided amongst... The family, though. That's not yes, you. all four of us. No, it's not just me. <laughs> oh, so it's just, okay, so good. So it's just 30 eggs per, basically. So that's still like four eggs a day. Isn't that, that seems like a lot. I don't know. Maybe, well, um, it, you know, we're not just saying they're eating eggs. I mean, you know, we make, I make French toast with them and obviously oh, yeah. I'm eggs with it. So we use them for other things, not just saying they're consuming, you know, a bunch of eggs, <laughs> uh-huh. but <laughs> just raw eggs in a glass and just yeah, slurp like, it down like, with a Rocky really like style. Rocky, exactly. Rocky like style. I require a straw, but yeah, you know, that's my, <laughs> that's my normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and are you, you know, we use a lot of baking too. Are, are you also exercising mm-hmm. throughout the week as well? Yes. I always, um, well, you know, I, I did a little social experiment beginning in January and I switched to a normal diet. Normal American diet. Um, Burgers, fries, pizza, anything. and Coke. Um, like no, I did not do soda because I, I can't do it. It's just so much sugar. It makes me so sick. Really? But yeah. I ate a typical American diet, and I kept a journal of how much I gained, how I felt, the day-to-day. And at the end of April, I, I stopped, knowing that after you know going to New Media Summit and, and working with Kelly, understanding where I would be at at the end of April for our business, mm-hmm. I have switched back to keto and being able to know exactly where our clients are coming from, making sure that I put myself back in that. So it's a different mindset now. Now it's all about the health. It's not about, you know, fighting those other things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so the first time I went to get on my elliptical, it was like elliptical. No, it's not going to happen. I didn't have energy. I didn't have anything. So I do exercise every day, whether or not it's us going on a 45 minute walk or doing my elliptical, but I am actively moving, mm-hmm. doing something. Yes. And that's kind of like the, the double edged sword. Sorry, Richard, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um, just okay. real quick, the, uh, the double edged sword of like when you don't have enough energy, to exercise and you don't exercise and then you you know just slouch around and you do whatever you're going to do and you eat crap and then your energy level goes down so then for sure you don't have enough 
yep. energy to exercise and uh, like just a vicious, vicious mm-hmm. circle there. Richie, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to go back to your point there on focusing more on health instead of weight and super happy to hear that because it's it blows me away how many people just focus on weight mm-hmm. and i know a bunch of people that look really fit that aren't healthy mm-hmm. and so i wanted to kind of touch on a couple things that you brought up there earlier so you're talking about working with your doctor but mm-hmm. that in and of itself do you look for certain kinds of doctors? Because a doctor can get his medical license and not even have ever taken a nutrition class in his entire life. Absolutely true. Yeah, absolutely true. And, you know. So who, how, do you, how do you work with them so you can get your actual real stats that you need when you do the right thing for your body that the weight stuff just happens? Mm-hmm. So I think that everybody has to, you know, I, I love doctors. I respect them very much, but they are a professional and not every professional is equal. And, you know, you have some doctors who are completely against certain diets. You have doctors that are super supportive of regardless of what you want to do. So I think that when you go and you look for your doctor, you, you need to have a trust with them. And I'm not really a person to back down. So if somebody said, you know, absolutely not, you're not doing it. And, you know, sayonara, I'm getting somebody else. But you do have to have a baseline too. You need to know where you're starting at. You need to know what those signs are. Um, you know, that something's not right. Talking to your body, Mary, like you were pointing out, your body talks to you. So listening to your body. Um, so from a doctor's perspective, as an example, my parents are doing keto. And I know that parents are supposed to be super proud of their kids. I am extremely proud of my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, just them taking this on is, is huge. And my mom has, you know... Um, has or has leukemia and also has I'm sorry has lymphoma and cancer and all these things and um, she's on insulin for her diabetes and since she has started she's been able to titrate down um, every single week her insulin it's naturally reversing her type two diabetes hmm. so her doctor wasn't overly supportive at first but starting to see results their perspective changes as well I think if someone's going to go to their doctor talking about any diet. They need to do their research first. If you're able to go in and have the education to say, okay, I understand what you're saying, but this study or not, I read this on the internet or some, you know, social icon said this about it, but really understanding what you want to do and why, that's my perspective of with any professional that you're working with. Mm-hmm. So what is the definition of keto or is it ketogenics? Ketogenic, okay. yes. We, we shorten it to keto. Um, so it gets your body into a state of ketosis. And that is a natural state. Your body naturally goes into ketosis when it's no longer burning glucose as your, you know, your full fuel. So your body transitions to burning your own body fat, which is a lot more efficient. Your brain works best off of your own body fat as its fuel source. So once you're no longer burning um, you know, those carbs, Steve, like we were talking about, when you're not burning glucose first, then your body just responds and is so much more efficient. And that's what that ketosis state is. When you get into that state, that's why it's called ketogenic. So as Richard was saying, the skinny fat person, that fat, I'm hearing a lot about the fat that surrounds your organs. Mm-hmm. That's Does this diet address that type of fat? Yes, absolutely. Because it, it is burning your own fat, regardless of where it's stored, regardless of, you know, specifically where it is in your body. 
And we there's multiple studies and research showing that people who have the fatty liver, people who have that, it does dramatically reduce that and reverse that. Um, so from that perspective, yes, it, now for me, I was praise God, it's my thighs that it went after first, but mm -hmm. it, it does absolutely, it, it's burning your own fat. So it's not like it's targeting an area. It's your natural fat. It's burning your own fuel. And then what about your muscle mass? It, there's, it, it has no impact on your muscle mass whatsoever. There's multiple studies and research as long as you're exercising, as long as you're doing the things that you need to do, as long as you're making sure that you're proteins are at the right level. So those are all those intricate parts that you're not just going out and, you know, it's your point, Richie, you know, there's that, you know, skinny person or people are just doing this for the weight loss. You have to know that what you're fueling your body with is right. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this then, because there are obviously other people who talk uh, about keto and, you know, as you said, it's been sort of in the, the, mainstream for a while and you know there's certain influencer type people talk about it and whatnot what is it just a a particular process that anyone can follow or is there something unique about then what you are doing with it that makes it i guess i'm just trying to understand like what what you bring to the table Obviously, your your background for sure, and having put this to work for you, I mean, it's huge. You're you're the you're you're the before and the after. So, I mean, that obviously speaks volumes. But what I'm just trying to understand the unique elements of what you bring to the table as it relates to the work that you do with your clients for this. Sure. So, my perspective is it is a lifestyle. This is not that fad diet. Um, if somebody's only looking for the fad, they plan to do it to drop, you know, dropping 30 pounds and yeah, it's going to work. Those aren't the people we want to work with. We want to work with people who truly want to implement this as a lifestyle. And it needs to be able to be introduced and managed for your family. I don't believe that mom should be sitting in the corner eating her carrot stick while everybody else is off, you know, eating whatever it is that they have. And I don't know about y'all, but I am not cooking two meals a night. So from that perspective, it's a lifestyle and it's not just what you're eating. It is that exercise piece. It is that spiritual and mental piece of it and the emotional health. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the holistic approach to health. And for me and for the folks that I work with, the keto diet is what's meeting their nutritional needs and is re resulting in their improvement in health. Some of it's weight loss, some of it's diabetes, whatever, but from that perspective, we're working one-on-one -on -one with you. And what we're really focusing on is your health specifically, not mm -hmm. a prepackaged, here's your recipes. Thanks so much. See you in a week. Yeah. So, so do you then tie in, um, let's just say the, the rest of their life into this, right? Cause there's the food part, which is, well, I mean, that's the keto side of the equation, but there's, there's so much more to that. So are you are you really then helping them on the on the other elements of their of their life too, whether it's through exercise or mindset or like how how far do you take it with folks? So you know one of the things I really want to understand is what are people's goals and not just you know here's my financial goal or here's the number of books I'm going to read this year, but really you know for you and how you see yourself and what why do you want to make this change and exactly what change do you want to make? So some people might say I just want to lose weight. And it ends up really being about they want to feel valued. They want to have, you know, um, more confidence and that kind of thing. And while the weight might be a small piece of it, that's not 
the whole core piece. So when you're leaving, you're leaving whole versus just thinner, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so you, you've probably seen, and even as you said, you've experienced this yourself in terms of things working, things not working and so on. What, what are some of the mistakes that you're seeing people make then as it relates to trying to, you know, I guess, live this, this sort of keto lifestyle, if you will? What, what, what are some of the things that they're doing wrong or mistakes you're seeing people making? Not planning. Um, you know, there is a perspective, you know, that this is just another Atkins diet and, you know, Atkins, you could eat as much bacon as you wanted and you're good for the day. Mm-hmm. So not planning, not understanding what those macros are that you have. So we don't look at calories, but if you're eating the right macros based off of, you know, a calorie is not a calorie, um, based off the calculations, you're still eating within your calorie range, but we're not asking people to look at points. We're not asking people to calculate exactly how much you know the keto bread was that they used. We're just looking at your macro. So it's easier to count, but there are people who don't want to do the work to track it. They don't want to put in the effort to plan it. And if that's the case, you may be successful for a time, but you truly weren't trying to implement a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I see is they, you know, listen to or see what there, you know, there is on the internet. Hey, so-and-so said that they're losing faster or so-and-so said, you know, whatever. They're absorbing somebody else's success or their um, perceived success in their statements as what is directly what they're going to experience. And people, their bodies react differently. And if their goal is just weight loss, well, let's not look at just weight loss. You know, what was your cholesterol level? What was your blood sugars? Looking at it across the board, how are you feeling? So we don't look at it just on the weight loss, um, but we definitely see people who they're going into it for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. And when you go into anything for the wrong reason, you're not going to be successful long term. Yeah. So how reluctant were the kids to, to jump on board with this? I mean, you go from Twinkies and Captain Crunch to, you know, <laughs> whatever. It's like that's that's pretty that's pretty shocking, I would think, for uh, for for the kids. How old were they when, when you started this with them? And what was what was their reaction like to to all of this? Nine and ten. And Ooh. then, um, yeah, <laughs> so I have my, my little people. And then, you know, I have the man child who at first was like, oh, that is so not happening. (laughs) But once I started being successful on it, um, he wanted to do it and he feels really great about himself now. And not that he felt bad about himself before. I'm not going to put him in that context, but he feels better about how he looks and he's not drinking the monster drinks anymore. He doesn't need that energy from an external resource. He actually is getting it from, you know, his own. Was, Was he overweight? Uh, before not not, not really mm-hmm. just not super physically fit mm-hmm. um, he has a very difficult job i'm very proud of him he he works in a warehouse and works like a dog so from that perspective the physical activity wasn't the issue mm-hmm. it was what it was what he was eating yeah my daughter who loves to bake and loves to create things she's actually starting her own they started keto kids my two little ones did creates her own recipes and you know from that perspective she was on board in a heartbeat She wanted to do it because it was fun. But when she started to notice changes in Ethan, we both were like, hey, we need to make sure we implement this 100%. So she was on board because of, you know, her baking and wanting to play, but also the results that she saw in her brother, who she really takes care of. So it took a little bit. I I transitioned them slowly because I really wanted to understand, is this working for them? But at the same time, once they were on board, you know, that's it. They they joke around. We make something called keto cloud bread because it's just very light. 
and um, you know they'll joke around of what they're eating. And the first thing out of my daughter's mouth is, you know, is that keto friendly? Because I'm not eating that. That's not keto friendly. Wow. Yeah, she wow. she loves it. But there's so many recipes. Anything in general, mm-hmm. I'll say, anything you can eat that you know is on a normal American unhealthy diet, there's a keto recipe for it. I mean, I have French nine fries? recipes. Yeah, there's you can keto, keto fries. Out of keto cauliflower, fries. yes. Really? Yeah. Keto yeah. cauliflower fries. Mm-hmm. You know, like kale chips, Ooh. they taste so good in the oven. They taste, you know, I love the taste of kale chips. They're, you know, adding some salt to them. They're really good. A little olive oil. Um, keto, or the keto rice is cauliflower. My kids, when I first started transitioning them, I made keto mac and cheese just to kind of see and play with them a little bit. And they would not eat any other mac and cheese after that because they loved the texture of it. And keto rice, it tastes just like rice. I mean, it, mm. I, I like the transition of it. Mm-hmm. Do you do some of that? I, I do a lot of it. I, I, but I want to go back to the kid stuff for a second because I'm a marketer too. And so I also know the kids aren't just dealing with what mom cooks at home. They're dealing with this marketing machine, the kids they go to school with. That are eating all that <laughs> other stuff, right? There's, and yes. when it comes to habits and forming a new life. A habit is just a thing you keep doing, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's to your point of if you're just trying to lose some weight real quick and it's a fad thing and good luck because it's just going to come back later and probably come back more. more. But what I'm interested in when it comes to the, the kid stuff is how do you get them a quick win? Because most bad habits give you the quick win, mm-hmm. long-term pain. Most good habits are not a quick win, long-term pleasure. But you got to get the kids. What, what's the win that you give them early? Mm. Making it fun. Um, you know, I, I think that in, involving your kids in anything that you want to do, obviously, I mean, we all know from a psychology perspective, if you want to bring anybody on board, a lot of it is make it their own idea, right? So I wanted them involved. I was showing them what I was doing. And then when, when they came to me and said, hey, we started our own YouTube channel. It's called Keto Kids. One, how in the world did you do that? Because you're not old enough to do that. Um, and they used their older brother's birth date. Mm. But they wanted to do something with it. So their quick win was being involved. Their quick win was being able to do something. So yes, they're eating healthy. Yes, we saw improvements in Ethan. They, they both felt better, had more energy. But their quick win was being involved and me giving them the reins to be creative. That's cool. I like it. Are they are are they selling something? Like, is this uh, is that is that their goal? Is to they sound like little entrepreneurs with this with this you know, <laughs> I don't kids know thing? I, I, I know right where that come from. <laughs> but I love that. So, are they is that their goal? Is to actually help sell things to kids? And what what, what are they thinking about doing with it? I love it. So they want you know their their goal is just to have fun. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that ultimately is her goal. My daughter has started writing a book. Um, she's 10 now, but she's, she's wow. starting to write a book. And she's got two books going, and, and she just started a blog called Open Book. And hers is about, um, originally Open Book was about what happened with dad, what about the abuse, all that stuff. And she, she kind of brings people through what she's been through, and then it's helping kids get through that. So that was kind of her one line that she has. But then her other side is is keto, and it's recipes that she's made up and it, it's just her creative side. My son likes to be behind the camera, mm-hmm. not so much in front, but she's just a little ham and she has so much fun with it. Um, mm-hmm. She's going to have a segment actually on our podcast because she loves the idea of doing it. I heard her 
caught her the other day on Zoom making her own little. Oh, wow. little it was very cute. So, you know, ultimately from a selling perspective, I have no idea where that would go. She wants to sell her book. That's a very big thing to her. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to them probably eventually having their own podcast or definitely the YouTube channel, it's about fun for them. Mm-hmm. Their perspective is fun. Mom's side is different. Yeah. What's it, the, what? Go ahead, just yeah, only because I don't want to yeah, skip yeah. this. And I love supporting the kids stuff. What is the actual channel name? Because there's a bunch of different ones that are using the phrase phraseology keto kids, but. Mm-hmm. Is it a picture with the little burger thingies or what's the... Theirs has kind of a drawn cartoon and um, it's horrible. Is, it in, is it in blue? Is what? it like a light blue Keto Kids I, thingy? That looked like the one you pulled up there, but maybe... Yeah, what's the actual channel name? Do you know? Just so we can support it. that. Yeah, I'll have to get... I almost want to say it was Keto Kids 1, but they're just playing is horrible from a mom's perspective I'm like oh they play on it as yeah. long as there's nothing they're just putting things just on the internet we yeah. don't know they're just putting videos yeah, exactly. up online <laughs> well and i'm really interested in learning how to do this in my life because i think it would be i think it'd be just a cool thing to try beneficial yeah try or lifestyle lifestyle <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not a foodie so if somebody gives me something i, I love vegetables i don't like fruit necessarily mm-hmm. I'm a meat and potatoes girl, for sure. I get the cauliflower being used to make mashed potatoes mm-hmm. consistent. Yeah, saw that. exactly. So I would love to learn more about the actual recipes. And mm-hmm. on your site, you have three different programs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or a-, a membership. Yeah, so the membership, we actually just started the membership um, after going to and talking to Kelly, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so the membership piece is just bringing that community together, people being able to ask questions, having access to you know some of the recipes, but it's more about community and them getting those um, you know weekly discussions if, if they want to have some interaction in the closed Facebook group. And then the coaching programs are truly one-on-one. This is helping you figure out your macros. This is providing you your menu every week, your shopping list every week, helping tailor it to you and to your family. So that's that one-on-one interaction. So people are able to, you know, kind of sign up for one month, two months, or three months. And um, real quickly, just to put it in there, if anybody does it and they put in the coupon code Reinvention Radio, we have a big discount for anybody who wants to do it through you. But when the the program itself, it's more about focusing on people specifically and allowing them to have success, but having somebody next to them. There are questions that you have. I know I had questions that I, I just, I didn't understand, you know, what do you mean switch this out for this? Or what do you mean I shouldn't be eating lots of fruit? To me, fruit is natural. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be eating lots of it. And then when you understand the natural sugars out of it, you know, okay, looking at it, here's the best thing that I can eat. We don't tell people you know, you absolutely can't do that. Okay, here, here's where it lies on the carbs. Here, you know, you want to go and drink, my all means, go for it. Just understand that, you know, here's kind of the scale. Here's what the carbs are. Go mm-hmm. have fun. It's more about partnering than anything else. Mm-hmm. And you, you actually have your own podcast as well, right, where you talk about um, keto and, and, well, obviously things that are going on in your life as well, but, uh, but yes. mostly keto stuff, right? And so you said the kids are coming on that and bringing on some content, or, right? They so what, what's, yeah, that's fun. What's the show? So it's Keto Corner, and um, right now we're doing, I'm doing solo shows in the beginning to really walk people through how do you implement it, what, you know, what were my challenges, that everybody, you know, knows that 
I went back and said, hey, I want to do this four month, you know, experiment. So it's kind of also talking about, okay, I've, I've reintroduced it here, you know, here's how I'm doing. Talking about how my parents and that over 60s crowd is doing, because they have a totally different lifestyle and things they deal with. So mm-hmm. starting to interject theirs. And then Kennedy is going to have a section, uh, Keto Kids, where she's going to talk about whatever her new recipe is or some new idea for, you know, for implementing with your kids, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let her be creative, probably within some restrictions, but yeah, right. not going to restrict her too much because she loves it. And I think when somebody passionately expresses their message, it's going to reach the right people. Yeah. And so let me let me do this. So you said uh, there's uh, some people use a promo code to reinvention radio. They can get a, a discount off of all that fun stuff. But where what's the actual site? Where do they go? It's ketocorner.us. Keto Corner dot, so it's K E T O C O R N E R dot Correct. U S. Okay, so Keto Corner dot U S, and they can put in Reimagine Radio there and get uh, get a nice promo code discount yes. off of that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, and then, lastly, here in the last uh, ninety seconds or so, you were so you attended actually the, the New Media Summit. That's where we met, and yes. so. Just briefly, what was your experience like of, uh, of coming to the new media summit? I mean, you hadn't experienced it before, obviously, it, first time for a lot of folks. So for your first time coming to the summit, what was that experience like for you? So I had just started the business and my business partner actually walked away the week before I went. And so I didn't even know if I was going to do the business. And when I went to the new media summit, what I found was support there. It's such a dynamic group of people. And everybody is in such a different stage in either their books or their, you know, their podcast or whatever it looks like. But the exposure that you get to some incredible icons, mm-hmm. as well as collectively the people that you meet, I, I walked away knowing that I could do this. Mm-hmm. And that was huge for me being on my own, not knowing what to do. And I'm going to plug it, Steve. <laughs> if you really want to be highly successful in your business, regardless of what stage you're at, you need to talk to Steve about icon makers. Well, I can, well, thank you for that. Yeah, New Media Summit obviously is where you come and you get booked on shows and icon makers are your long coaching program which uh, yeah. you know is definitely another piece as well. Thank you for that. Um and then lastly, did you did you get booked obviously you got booked on this show, did you get booked on other shows as well? Yes, I got 23 offers oh my and God. um and then there's people at the New Media Summit that I met and now that the business is up and running, I was on Nice Guys not too long ago. Nice. Oh my gosh, I just love them. Yeah, right. But, sweet <laughs> they're so much fun all right but, well, yeah hopefully... we're reaching out and get responses and i'm very excited and that's a huge thanks to you yeah yeah no that's awesome thank you thank you thank you and look forward to having you at the future new media summits uh yes. as well and so kelly dower and keto corner that us for richie ote and mary goulet i'm steve olsher we'll talk to you guys next time here on reinvention radio take care everybody You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit reinventionradio.com. One person has the power to change the world, impact millions of lives, and leave a legacy for lifetimes to come. That person is you. In the New York Times bestseller, What is Your What?, Steve Olsher, award-winning author and founder of the Reinvention Workshop, reveals his proven process that has helped thousands of men and women discover, share, and monetize the one thing they were born to do. Grab your free copy now at www.whatisyourwhat.com slash free. That's www.whatisyourwhat.com. 
dot com forward slash free.